Okay, welcome to February 9th on Joe's Daily U.S. History Lesson. It is I, your host, Joseph DeCristoforo. And one unique thing about the show is that there are no spoiler alerts needed. You know, because it already happened. But, in case you don't know how a particular story turns out, it thrills me to say you've come to the right place. Still don't have my YouTube channel up yet. I've been up to my eyeballs with life, just like the rest of you. You know, running a real estate business with my lovely wife, Teresa, and dealing with my eyesight, which dwindled considerably in the last couple of years since my aorta collapsed. Long story if you haven't already heard it, but basically I survived. Thank goodness, and the doctors were able to stitch me up. But in the meantime, I'm working with a low vision specialist as well as the vocational trainers that come from the Department of Rehab. So in other words, I'm kind of busy doing other things, including a lot of dog sitting too. So... I apologize for reruns in the meantime, but I am filming new content, which you will be able to see once I do get the YouTube channel up. For now, the show is officially called Doom's Electric Chair. Oops, never mind. That's my old metal channel. Joe's Daily U.S. History Lesson, and I want to change it to Joe's Patriotic Freedom something or another. I don't know what yet, but I have gotten a lot of good feedback from some of you, so keep it coming. Thanks for that. Of course, in order to really facilitate the name change... I'll have to register it with my host provider and get a new URL and all that good stuff. So it will take some work on my end. Thanks for your patience. And thanks for being a great patriotic American. And now let's begin the show as we customarily do with the Pledge of Allegiance. Let's everybody stand up, face the flags if we have one, put our right hands over our hearts and begin. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. And now on to today's headlines. John Quincy Adams becomes president. Plus, William Morgan invents the game of volleyball and will wish a happy anniversary to Elizabeth Bacon and George Custer. All right, so now let's get started. 1825. John Quincy Adams becomes president. What exactly is the difference between the corrupt bargain and the spoiled system we have in place to this day? I'll try to get to that in a minute or two. Even though Andy Jackson and his Jacksonian Democrats won the popular and electoral in the election of 1824, he did not get a majority, and therefore, per the 12th Amendment, the decision went to the House of Representatives, who gave the election to former Federalist JQA, thanks mostly to Henry Clay and his backroom dealings. Let me just rewind this a little bit here. The Democratic-Republican Party, who had dominated the presidency since 1796, began this election with its usual King Caucus style. They nominated former Secretary of War, now Secretary of the Treasury, George William Crawford, a slave owner from Georgia. For Vice President, the party nominated Albert Gallatin from Pennsylvania, whose big claim to fame was using his negotiating skills to end the Whiskey Rebellion. But the days of the King Caucus, which had ruled American politics since Jefferson, would be coming to an end as candidates from other parties began emerging. JQA, a former Federalist, became disenfranchised with his party since he supported the Louisiana Purchase and his party did not, and he switched over to the Democratic Republicans. Old Hickory Andrew Jackson, hero of the War of 1812, represented the backwoods common man of the South. He too was a Democratic Republican, but from the west side of Tennessee and criticized elitist Southeastern politics. Jackson's common man approach would help him form his own party, but for now, he would run on the ticket as a Democratic-Republican. Speaker of the House, Henry Clay from Kentucky, who had actually freed slaves and took them back to Africa, 
who had no formal law education, but basically interned his way up to being not just a lawyer, but one of America's best ever, was also in the running. So, there you have it. All four of your players. Adams, Jackson, Clay, and what's his name? Oh yeah, Crawford. The guy that the party actually nominated was not gaining ground in this election at all. Before the election, Crawford had a stroke but rebounded quite nicely, however was somewhat debilitated, and people began doubting his abilities to run the country. In November, the voting began, and for the first time ever, included a popular vote. Finally, on this day in 1825, the results were announced. Old Hickory Jackson won 99 electoral and 153,000 popular. Adams received 84 electoral and 109,000. Crawford, 41 electoral, and Clay, 37. Although Jackson clearly got the most votes, he still didn't get the majority, and the election went to the House. Meanwhile, New York Senator Martin Van Buren, initially a supporter of Crawford, now began to support Jackson, and would later help him build a new Democratic Party. But for now, per the 12th Amendment, the vote would be between Jackson, Adams, and Crawford. Clay, who was still Speaker of the House, had already made up his mind he would run in the next election and figured he'd faced Old Hickory again, and Jackson would probably beat him. So, he threw his support for Adams and used his influence to persuade other members to vote for Adams. And sure enough, JQA got exactly the votes he needed to become president. Once Adams was in office, Clay was magically appointed Secretary of State. I go over the corrupt bargain in more detail, by the way, on my December 1st ep. Yet four years later, Andrew Jackson would also reward his constituents by giving them office jobs, and he called it the spoils system. So, what's the difference? Sounds like four years. 1895, William George Morgan invents Mintonet. That, my friends was the name that was chosen before it was renamed to Volleyball. It was renamed Volleyball because in the game, you volley the ball back and forth over the net. And the best part about Volleyball? Why, the bikinis, of course. God bless America. 1864. Happy anniversary, Elizabeth Bacon and George Custer. I can't even say the word bacon without a smile coming to my face. Mmm. Bacon. But getting back to the story. Elizabeth was quite an amazing woman. When her husband was killed in the Battle of Little Bighorn, President Ulysses Grant blamed Custer for the defeat, and Elizabeth began a campaign of book writing to clear her husband's name. She defended the justice of the Indian Wars by saying that the American soldiers suffered frontier privations in order to protect innocent Anglo settlers, and Native American braves were vicious killers who exploited their wives, according to History.com. Custer, as she said, was a selfless martyr to the cause of American westward expansion. Others didn't agree, and when Elizabeth passed away, George Custer was called a vain and foolish egoist. And so that's going to wrap it up for February 9th on Joe's Daily U.S. History Lesson. Once again, I'm your host, Joseph DiCristoforo. Check out the website, joesdailyushistorylesson.com, as well as the Facebook page. Let me know what your take is on today's episode. For instance, what about the 1824 election? 
Now you know what my take is, as far as the differences between the spoils system and the corrupt bargain. Four years. What's your take? Or what about George Custer? Ruthless Indian killer or American war hero? Let me know what you think. And while you're on the website, you can take a gander at some of the multiple choice quizzes. So good luck with those. Have fun. Getting back to Facebook for one second. I wanted to thank some of the people who have liked me on Facebook recently, including Renee Boone, Omar Trejo, Francisco Cortez, Jim Price, and as always, the lovely and talented Beth Guy. So thanks for listening. And be sure to check out tomorrow's program. I'll talk about a spy exchange between the U.S. and Soviet Union. Plus, George Harrison gets sued over the song My Sweet Lord. We'll wish a happy anniversary to Herbert Hoover and Lou Henry and Salvation Mountain. So don't miss that. And until then, thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks for being great patriotic Americans. We'll see you tomorrow.